0: What up, Radio World?
1: It's just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs, but we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? My style is impetuous, my defense is
2: impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to another edition of the Very Unsportsmanlike podcast. My name is Quincy, and this is my podcast. And on this show, we, di- we discuss sports, mainly the NFL, but we get into a few other topics related to sports, such as, you know, we love boxing. It's a big fight coming up this weekend on ESPN. You know, we like college sports and NBA, stuff like that. So we kind of mix it up now and then, but our wheelhouse is the NFL. And joining me on the phone lines, I have the usual suspects from Pensacola. I got the homie Buck. From New Jersey, I got the Show Enforcer Ray, and then the Magnolia State of Mississippi, the OG Eminem. What's going on, fellas?
0: What's going on, dog. What's up?
2: All right, so let's go ahead and get right. started. First thing I came across, first bit of news that hit this afternoon: Nick Saban has COVID. You all heard that?
3: Yeah, nah, I didn't.
0: I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I did. I did.
2: Yeah. So. What does this mean? Now, college football, you know, they started off kind of rocky. Then they got on a little roll. And then the NFL started having problems. So, what are we starting to see here? Because LSU in Florida has been postponed. Now, I remember COVID. hearing
0: about that one postponed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And now Saban, you know, which means that a lot of other people are probably going to have to quarantine just from being in contact with him. What are we seeing here? This is for whoever wants to answer. Um in football, I mean, is it starting to be a problem to where it's going to be hard to manage in a couple of weeks?
1: Yes, I think it's going to be a script, man. because this kids is 18, 19, 20, and 21, and so forth. So it's hard to tell them not to do certain things because they feel like they're young, they're strong, they're invincible. And it's hard to tell them, hey, man, you know, you can't go see – and try to kind of keep the distance from the girls and the parties and, you know, signing autographs and taking pictures with people on campus and stuff like that, guys walking around with their shirt off and everything else because, you know, when you're young like that, you just feel like, hey, man, and it is the time of your life. But these guys got to realize they got to chill out for a few months and even a year to try to make things get better. That's why you see it on college campuses, the numbers are skyrocketing. Because And the guys that are playing football, they're not stop what they're doing. They're still partying, still on the bars, and stuff they're not supposed to do. So I think that's what we see in a reflection of that throughout the college football season. And I think whoever wins this year, just like the NBA, is going to be kind of a fluke season. kind of like a strike season if somebody wins, because everybody's not at full strength. And they can try to make it what they want it to be, because it's sports and they're selling it to everybody but when folks getting hurt and people are out like this how can you really take it all seriously you know what i mean i just hope everything gets better it's good that we have some sports but it's not like it was and i just hope that we can get through the season without things getting too crazy
4: yeah
2: yeah i agree and i think um what the guys don't what the kids don't understand is that it's not like People don't want you to get COVID because it can kill you. I mean, yeah, it can, but you're young, so the chances are not as high as other people. They don't want you to get it because if you get it, everything shuts down. And that's what they don't understand. They think because they're healthy, because they're healthy, mm-hmm. that it's not a problem. But they got to understand if that stuff touches you, everything shuts down. And, right. I, and I think that's how they got to explain it to them. It doesn't matter if you get sick. I mean, well, you don't want nobody to get sick. Yeah, that's not the primary concern of the NCAA, even though they act like it. They don't really care if these kids get sick or not. If they did, they wouldn't they wouldn't play football at all. They want to make sure that everything keeps going. And I just think that they got to understand that if, if you test positive, it don't matter if you're coughing or not, man. You're going to have to sit down and everybody around you got to sit down. And it just ruins what you got going on. And you're talking about people – I think part of the problem is for the guys like Trevor Lawrence and you know or Etienne who are, who have NFL aspirations, they may be taking the stuff seriously. But for the guy who knows he's not going to make it to the NFL or he's going to be a um, a free agent after the draft or play player Canadian football or whatever, he may not take it as seriously because he knows he's going to be having to find a nine to five after college. I I mean I'm just speculating, but. Somehow they got to reach these these guys and let them know. And as far as the NFL goes, man, it's hard to tell grown people with money where they can and can't go. That's, that's shoot, It's hard. To, it was hard to tell me when I was 20 years old where I couldn't and couldn't go and I was broke. So don't give me a couple million dollars <laughs> and try to tell me. But, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope these folks are all safe and everything, but I do wish they'd take this a little more seriously than what they're doing. So, all right, another um, part of the news is Le'Veon Bell got cut. They had rumors that the Jets wanted to trade him, nobody wanted him, and now he's gone. The best rapper and art running back in, in NFL is gone. <laughs> so, I don't know if y'all heard him rap before, but he's trash. So, sure. but Buck, Le'Veon Bell is your boy. Where would be a good place for Le'Veon to land? you think he can come back to Pittsburgh? You no,
3: know, I know there's a lot of people saying that that's a, that would be a pretty good place for him to go back. Um, so, you know, that Chicago's in the mix. Um, I think Chicago would be a good place for him because there's a lot of injuries there in their backfield. Um if he didn't want to go to a title contender, you know, I was thinking the first place I thought was Green Bay, but they actually got a fairly decent backfield now. Um, but I mean, I would—I doubt he comes back to Pittsburgh. Um, we got—we got a good nucleus, a young talent, um, and a good mixture of young talent and experience. Um, the ride receiving core tight, even though we, it would help. You know, Connor can't stay healthy. Even though he, you know, he's already been injured and banged up one time this year already. But um, you know, it just remains to be seen. I don't know where it would be a good fit. I was thinking maybe even Miami, down to, you know, down South Florida, would be, be a good place for him. But it, you know, he's not going to get any big money because when he held out, I think he devalued the running back position even more. It makes the running back, what he did makes the running back position, the guys that are doing well have to work twice as hard, uh, like your Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's got a nice, decent contract, but, he, you know, he's paying dividends. So, you know, he's going to have to go somewhere, and he's going to have to go on these, one of these one-year prove-it deals to see if he still got it, because right now it doesn't look like he has it.
2: And Eminem, what about Kansas City or maybe a backup to Derrick Henry in Tennessee? Eminem? Eminem, you pulling the buck on me? Uh Uh-oh, it's called drop. Yeah, he is. All right. um, Ray, what do you think, man? What about Kansas City or Tennessee as a landing spot for
1: Le'Veon? I mean, I, I thought about Kansas City. And um I saw today some reports come out where he would be a good fit over there, this and that. But if it if it were me and I had Clyde Hilaire, I would stick with the rookie because I don't want none of this uh when the guy's a star or a superstar or a former superstar, they feel like they can come in and date a own man. He didn't say as much on T V programs and all that other stuff during his contract holdouts, and Kansas City is winning. So that's the thing to think about. Well, the deal, with the is it is, it won't cost the team much because the Jets all his salary this year, and they got to pay him $6 million next year. So he's getting his money. So it's not going to be an issue of money. He may sign for a million dollars or something like that and play wherever he wants to play. But my thing is, is the attitude. If you are a good team, do you want that guy in your locker room? Now, perhaps maybe it was a system. Maybe they just didn't have enough blocking. But from what we've seen on the field, Le'Veon Bell is not the same player. I thought it was the offensive line and all that too last year. But I look this year, you come out with the same stuff, they got you more help and everything else, and it's the same deal. So, um, Kansas City could give him a shot because any trouble, they could just let him go just like that, you know. But, I mean, it's going to be limited. Tennessee wait there, Henry playing football. He, I, I can't see him getting that spot. He can get some carries, but this is what he needs to do, which I doubt he will do. And it will probably work for him. Call up Mike Tomlin, and tell him, hey, I take a veterans minimum deal because you've been paid the whole $13 million by the Jets. And I come in and all the stuff that I didn't do, I'm willing to do now. And I can get a non-guaranteed contract, but I'm going to show y'all I know how to act. I'm here to play football. And now James Conner can't stay healthy and all this other kind of stuff. He can come right in and kind of pick up where he left off. But a lot of these running backs are too ignorant to understand when you got somebody that's feeding you and feeding you, that's where you have to stay. You can walk in the Hall of Fame. Now, you, he can go to Kansas City and win a few championships. they champions before you got there. Now, Hilaire getting 20 carries, you getting 10. How are you going to get in the Hall of Fame like that? Because he's too dumb to understand that. Now, When you get a second chance, go back with the Steelers. Maybe you are just as good as you were before. Who knows? But he got a lot to prove before he can be considered a a top-rate running back again. But I think the Pittsburgh Steelers is his best shot. All right. So, Eminem, two more
2: places. What about San Francisco or Miami?
0: Oh, man.
2: Um San Francisco I think
0: it's a good fit. I don't think that coach can handle. It. Uh I think Miami would be good. I think he could uh I think he could kind of find his niche if he was serious, you know, but it's it's like see like running backs are special. And the ones that are great, they all have one common thread. All of them wanna be the top dog. And he kinda of came in like that, but after having uh so much success in Pittsburgh, uh, pretty much on and off the field, it just kind of went to his head, and he lost sight of what most running backs that make it never lose sight of is, and that's the guy ahead of you. You know, you think about all the ones that that are playing now that are that are you know out of their prime, but they still in in their mind, they still in their prime. Frank Gore, of course, AP you know, took a shot in the chest uh two weeks ago in a losing game at the end of the game and he's still running like, man, get off me bitch. That's a running back mentality. But uh you know, maybe Le'Veon can find that again, but he gotta really want it, because if he don't really want it, he, he he's 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 gonna look like he's been playing, which is like talent wise he's not washed up, but but, but producing wise he's playing like he washed up. You know. But uh Miami, I never thought about it till you mentioned that. But Miami might might work for him, um, but that's only if he's willing to come in like a a a veteran player that's trying to bring some kind of leadership to you know to the situation. And I don't know if that's what his mind is at. But but if a running back don't want to, if if you don't have Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith circled in your brain, then you know. The NFL ain't the place for you for long-term success.
2: All right. All right, the last little news story we get into is um, talk about Dak. Man, I was watching that game Sunday, and when Dak went down, I could tell something bad happened. But when he picked up his leg and his ankle was on backwards, man, I hate to see that. I hate to see that with anybody, man. So – What did you think about the play? I mean, because Dak is not Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes. He doesn't go down. He's not Lamar Jackson, who's shifty enough to see where the hits are coming from. He just likes to bull over people. Do you think that this injury, his first real injury, is going to affect um, how he plays once he comes back? And Eminem, I'll start with you.
0: No. No. I don't think it will because when, when 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 something is instinctual, you're gonna do it whether you know you're doing it or not, you know. Um, but you know that injury itself, I mean, it really wasn't like he was being careless or nothing. It was like it was really, it was a clean hit and all that, you know. But but the landing part almost kind of simulated sort of the reason why horse collars got banned. And when you get tackled from the side and somebody kind of pulling their body weight down, if you're not playing on grass and your cleats can't just slide a little bit, that's, that can happen. Um, And it happens, you know, more often than not, but you know, this time it just happened to be a star player. It happened to Um, the same kind of uh, the same kind of tackle in a, in a non-running situation, had happened uh, that Atlanta game a sack happened the same way where you know they are just kind of pulling the quarterback down, but the leg gave and the defender's leg didn't didn't impede the the slide, so it didn't do that. But you, you're gonna that kind of stuff happened a lot, you know the way it followed. But as far as to answer your question, will that change the way he played not doubt it because he really I can't remember who your offensive coordinator was when he came in, but um he's really not been used that much as far as just running unless he just see an open lane or or uh, trying to get a crucial first down he don't think that's gonna impact him he's he's playing more of a he like to play on the edges of course, but I mean. But it's not like it's happened to Lamar Jackson or, Vic or somebody that's more heavily uh, dependent on that kind of stuff. So I think he'll be all right for. Well. I mean.
2: Ray, what do you think? And also, what do you well, think about
1: his money? Well, the thing about it is, I've been saying from the beginning, and being as that talk to Q as a media platform, I want to say something. Because you got all these guys on TV and radio and everything else They keep talking about the Cowboys like the Cowboys did something wrong. They offered the guy what they felt. Cause I remember maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, we had this discussion. I told you guys, Dak did got no business running that ball like that, and y'all disagreed with me. And I said he was going to get $25 million. And at the time, that seemed like a whole lot of money. We disagreed he was going to get that much. Now they offered the man $180 million over five years. So everybody saying, well, they didn't get back a contract. That's not true. What are you supposed to do? If you're a guy, and suppose you're a Mark Cooper. You say, hey, I don't want $20 million. not want $25 million. And they don't give him the $25 million. then people turn around and say they didn't pay him. They tried to pay him, and there's no state tax in Texas. Anytime somebody going to pay you 20 times what you were making, how in the world can you disagree with that? You listen to an agent. An agent is a guy who's trying to get money. He has many clients. you got to think for yourself. Take the $180 million. Look, look at Alex Smith. Alex Smith, leg was tore up. Didn't look like he was coming back. It's two years, three years later and he's still on the football team at $28 million a season because they rarely cut quarterback. I can't think of, but a few quarterbacks that he got cut and didn't get all their money. Blake Broyles is the only one coming to mind right now. Now, the guy that signed the contract, and then he got to there to run the ball. When you saw what happened to Carson Wentz when he ran the football, he ain't been the same since. Has not been the same since. And, I mean, he was on the MVP tier before he run that ball and then got hurt. I'm not against a quarterback running, but this guy has has not made all this money yet. And he ran the ball. Yeah, I understand it's a fluke accident, and I hate it for the kid because Dak is a first-class guy. But for you to turn down that kind of money, when Russell Wilson them playing for 34 men, Aaron Rodgers playing for $33 million. You can't play for $37 million a season with no state tax. Who are we going to blame that on? And they keep throwing Jerry Jones. Oh, well, they paid Romo. That's what I keep hearing. Okay, why can't you be a person and say, well, I hate it. I regret giving Romo the $108 million. Is he supposed to make the same mistake 10 years later? Or is he supposed to say, well, he's my quarterback and do the same thing all over again. And Dak has not won no games for him. Now, we're not talking about previous years. Know when the Cowboys are winning? When Zeke Elliott was the main uh, focus of that offense. Now, he throwing for all these big yards and everything on vanilla defenses, and his yards is up there. But when the Cowboys are actually winning, Zeke Elliott was the guy. When they turn it around, that's when the Cowboys start losing. Last year, year before last, Zeke got suspended. All that he was losing. Those are the facts. Now, how's it all going to turn out? Can he come back and get a contract? The reason why I say he was not going to play in Dallas before this year. After this year, before the season started, was because I believe Andy Dalton going to come in there and going to turn things around for y'all. Everybody talk about Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton. There was a time when Andy Dalton and and, and Cam Newton. You didn't know who was the best. Cam Newton had the MVP season and all that. Everybody said, oh, yeah, that's what really elevated him. But the Red Rifle was a good quarterback. Now, he don't have all that he got now in Dallas. So, we're going to see. I'm saying right now, Andy Dalton gonna run, going to run with this thing. And then we're going to see where it's at. Because Andy Dalton run this thing just like Mario, uh, uh, Tannehill was behind Mariota last year. When Tannehill got in there, oh, everybody talking that shit about Tannehill. Tannehill's a good quarterback. He was good in Miami, but he couldn't stay healthy. And when he come back, they won. Now with Tennessee, look, they can play all that on Derrick Henry all they want. Derrick Henry's a good running back, great running back. But Tannehill got something to do with them being undefeated and going to the playoffs and all that too. So I don't know where it's going to lead that. You know, I believe he'll get with some team, but that 30-something million dollars, I don't know about that. I don't think they're going to franchise him next year. I think Andy Dalton is going to be their quarterback. All right. You know, I,
2: um, you remember last year I had said that, that I felt like if Dak didn't want to sign, they should go with Andy Dalton and move on. And, and I didn't necessarily want to speak into existence like this, but, um, I think that with Andy Dalton in the mix, they're going to have to run the ball more, or they, at least in their minds, they think they're going to have to run the ball more, which is actually a recipe for success. You know, like Ray was, saying, but said, we'll I get said, to that in I, a little
1: bit when we get to the game. Let, let me add and one uh, more comment, real quick, too. Okay. You see, Andy Dalton throw that ball to Mike Michael Gallup streaking down that sideline.
2: That like oh, yeah. he come off it, the
1: bitch cold, throwing like that. Okay. Well, I mean, like you I know, say, when
2: you're the we, dub, we when see. you're the devil, you have special abilities. So. Yeah. Please <laughs> call that boy the
4: devil.
2: <laughs> but uh. Yeah, after he got past that fumble, man, he had um two passes to to Gallup. Gallup had two nice catches. I mean, that dude, he's he's money. Um you know, this year he's been a lot more consistent. So but all right, so let's get to what players stood out for you in in week five for all the right reasons and who stood out for all the wrong reasons, and this doesn't include your favorite team. So Buck, I'll start with you. Who stood out? And hit, who stood out for the right reasons and the wrong reasons? That's not a Pittsburgh Steeler.
3: Well, who stood out for the right reason? I, I got to go. I got to go with my man out there in Seattle because I, I really, I, the quarterback. I really thought that. Uh, I thought they were going to lose the game there for a little while because it was it was just, uh, you know, things, things were just not looking good for Seattle. And then all of a sudden, you know. I don't know. I guess he said go Hawks during halftime or whatever. He did whatever was required, and he brought them guys back, <laughs> and they and, and um, they may have won by one point, but they won the game, and that's all that matters. Um, and that was the closest game Seattle was played all season. So with that being said, I got to go. I got to go with my man over there in Seattle to, um, for some of the reason. I, did, I, I can see his face and came You know who I'm talking about? Russell Wilson. So um, for the right reasons. Russell Wilson. But for the wrong reasons, even though Dallas won, I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboy defense. um, It should not take a catastrophic injury to make your ass play, okay? Once Dak went down, then the defense decides, oh, I guess we need to go out here and play now. These guys should have been playing all season. Now, I know it's only two guys that are really getting paid on the defense. Alden Smith's been all-world all year long, and he's been on a five-year hiatus. But it should not take a catastrophic injury to make your ass play. What are you going to say? We did it for that? Y'all's ass has been playing the whole damn season. So, you know, what's going to happen next week when, when whoever they play put up about 45 points on that ass? You know, the defense has to step up and be consistent, and it should not take a catastrophic injury for that to happen. So I'm I'm going with the Dallas Cowboy defense,
2: even though y'all won. All right, I don't think That's the right defense on. necessarily played all the great. I just think the Giants suck, to be honest with you. I mean, they got a little better after that went down, but I just think the Giants are no good. But, uh, Eminem, who st- but still. Eminem, who stood out for you for the right reasons and the wrong reasons, is not a Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs>
0: oh man, I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, For the right reason, I'm going to have to go with Teddy Bridgewater because clearly he's called one of the top ten. Clearly, this is Christian McCaffrey's team, but he, just like what he did last year with New Orleans, he's keeping the record respectables when he get all his horses back. um, You know, it's not like the – it's not like when McCaffrey got hurt. It's just like, okay, now we playing to see who we gonna get Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, um, so the last couple of weeks, you know, even even in the games in the season where they lost, I mean, he's he's been very consistent, and it's allowing the it's allowing the team chemistry to come together and everything. So I think that's uh, uh has a lot to do system, not trying to do too much. Um, you know, holding back at the right time, taking chances when needed, playing within the offense. Offensive coordinators love that kind of stuff. Where you let them just kind of do their thing. So I, I uh so I had to give him props on that. Um disappointment, well not that it's a disappointment, but um Daniel Jones, man. Uh it's not like his play was just horrendous, but you got to take certain t- situations. When you're on a losing team, when you're on a losing team, and you hadn't won a game, and you play another team that's that's clearly not where they should be based on what their roster says, you got to take advantage of that if you want to remain a. And if you can't. Pull out a even in a losing effort. if You can't pull out at least big numbers, kind of uh, highlight type of play or pass or something like that. Then you know it really questions. Like okay, so you so hey, you know you got to step up to the plate because who 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 you, who you gonna right. get out? I, I mean when you play in the east. If you can't finish in the East, then, man, that's, that's
2: bad. All right, so, Ray, who stood out for you for the right reasons and the wrong reasons who's not a Las Vegas Raider?
1: Okay, I'm going to say Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had his four sacks. I mean, he's proving that he's the best defensive player in the league once again. Right, and, smart. um, you know, he's, he's really helping his team win. Now as far as uh for the wrong reasons, hey, I'm gonna have to go with Tom Brady on that one. I mean I think he botched that the uh, the end of the game against the Bears. Not the golden boys. Messed up Mess, messed up my pick and league and all that, so I'm gonna have to say Tom Brady. I think he's he wasn't aware of the situation. And um it's rare that it happens for Tom Brady, but he is getting older and um you know, it seems like the blunders are happening more often this year than they've been happening. I don't know if they didn't have no preseason, they're not used to playing together or you know, or is it the age or whatever, but hey, the great ones they gotta take they gotta take it on the chin when they do something wrong, like anybody else. So I'm gonna say Aaron Donald and Tom Brady.
2: All right. Yeah, even J.R. Smith was like, come on, Tom. You got to know the situation, man. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to say for the person that stood out for the right reasons to me, he got on a plane. He flew across country and he had a 154.5 QB rating 22 of 28, 350, three touchdowns. Ryan Fitzmagic. Magic. I got to show Ryan Fitzmagic some love for going out to San Francisco. And, man, he went out there and he couldn't miss. Everything he did was working, right? I mean, 47-yard touchdown, 28-yard touchdown, 70-yard pass to a tight end. I
1: mean, everything he did was working.
2: So,
0: now he'll, he'll come out next we and throw
1: four picks. But if he could play like that all the time, he would be all the Famer. <laughs> I've never seen a guy so up and down like that. I'm, I'm I saying, know. You, you, you can take his top ten games. And put him against any football player in the NFL history quarterback. And take even his top twenty. And put him against anybody.
2: You're right. I mean, this guy has, you know, journeyman himself to thirty four thousand yards and two hundred and seventeen touchdowns in his career as a journeyman. And so and I mean you said how many touchdowns? Two
1: seventeen. Oh, okay. I mean, hey, He got some bums in the Hall of Fame. He ain't got that. More (laughs) interceptions than
2: touchdowns. So, I got to give it to Fitzpatrick. I thought about, uh, I mean, I thought Claypool was impressive for the Steelers. Out of Fulgham, he came out of nowhere for the Eagles. They need that big time. I even thought about David Carr. I thought David Carr did a great job um, handling the Rams in that game against my house. but decided to go with uh, (laughs) – I'm <laughs> sorry, David
1: Carr. David. David Carr
4: ain't never, never <laughs> beaten
2: nobody. Um, And then I thought about DK Metcalf, who I think made a big catch for the Seahawks. And I think he's starting to... Man, if he can be more consistent
1: man, and be mature, here.
2: man, DK Metcalf can really be a force in this that game. Boy he, can is be a monster. A, he can be a perennial pro he bowler. I mean, monster. the fact that him and A.J. Brown were on the same team makes you wonder why Ole Miss didn't win more than what they did, but and again, they don't play defense no, Miss. Mm-hmm. All right, the person yeah, like that disappointed that mix, yeah. me, the person that disappointed me, um, was Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers looked horrible against the Browns. Uh, Twenty-one 53 hundred and forty-three yards, no touchdowns, two costly interceptions. Um, one of them was just flat out bad, and. I, I mean, this is what I would do. Uh, let me ask you this, Eminem. Just a quick question or whatever. Do you like Jalen Hurts as a starter someday? Eminem? Oh, it, it, you had broke up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you like Jalen Hurts as a starter someday?
0: Uh, if, if Winston do get it together with these I'm going to be sounding louder and louder because... I mean, I mean, like, man, it's every week. and you know. I know that last one was kind of like, okay, end of the game, you know, possible hail mary type thing. Close, it was still ten yards over the receiver. So, you know, you got to correct that kind of stuff.
2: All right, so let me ask. Let me ask this, and this is just to, to you all in general. All right, we know this is pretty much Philip Rivers last year, at least it should be. What about if the Colts traded Jacoby Brissett to the Eagles for Carson Wentz? I mean, maybe some a draft pick. I don't care how you do it for Carson Wentz, so he can be re- reunited with his quarterback coach. Do you think he would do better in Indy, and then let Jalen Hurts take over that team in Philly? No, I don't
1: think Not to so. Not which part? I mean, you don't think he'd do any better? I don't. Who, uh, Carson Wentz?
2: Yeah, reunited with
1: Frank Wright. I mean, I, I think if he can get himself completely healthy, right now he don't have a whole lot of targets out there in Philadelphia. To me, you know, he got a good running back, of course. But, I mean, if he got all that together, of course, maybe he can do better. He can be the franchise guy or whatever. But I think the writing is on the wall with Jalen Hurts. You don't draft a quarterback that has a big profile in college and the way the league is going right now with quarterbacks. See, Jalen Hurts has some of that Dak Prescott in him. He believes in himself. He's confident. He's a leader. He can do a lot of things. You don't bring that kind of guy in unless you sooner or later you expect him to play. And, if I was if I was Philadelphia, what I would have done, Carson Wentz to feel however he wanted to feel about it, I would have went back and got Nick Foles, twenty two million dollars. He would have been a backup. You're paying two guys $50 million something million dollars that ain't too far off nowadays. But something about Foles and something about Philadelphia, they make that thing work. So. Wentz, you tell him, hey, I paid you. You can say what you want, but hey, I paid you. You can be mad as you want, but you're going to compete for this job. And if he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing like it is now, I put Nick Foles in there, and Nick Foles will do the magic he's been doing. But
0: answer no, the answer We would be undefeated with Nick Foles right now. You, you
1: know what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> it, it, it's – um, I think one with, way or with, another, if Wentz don't get better, I would give him to the end of the year. If he don't get better – by hook or crook, he'll get out of Philadelphia. Right,
0: That's I'm running out
1: like of money. Is up. He's gonna get out of Philadelphia.
0: Nah, like I say, if he don't, if he don't start protecting that, f- to get the
3: it's more, out of that It's more than just that, though. The offensive line is—I know he doesn't have a whole yeah, lot of talent there. They're bad, but the but, but, the, but the offensive yeah. line is fucking garbage. And I mean. I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, injuries. You got to sometimes, but the, the, it, I know the injuries and things of that nature. But he's putting himself in harm's way a lot of times, trying to do too much. So, well,
0: that's what I'm getting at. You you, gotta with them yeah, the, you system, got to play within this is the system. Don't get me wrong. We, you
3: mean, he's got to play within the system. But, but I, I, it, I mean, it, it, I, and it, I like Carson Wentz. And I, I think he's a, you know, he's a big, you know, he's, he has he's the potential.
0: But you know, he's
3: playing. He has the potential of being one of the great. But with the poorest offensive line they got, you don't have a running game. You all your receivers are, are, are aged or have, you know, journeymen from other areas of or comeback or something like we that. We don't have a running and, game,
0: shit, man. We got to give him the ball.
3: So <laughs> I mean, but y'all constantly having to fight from behind. And when you're fighting from behind all the time,
2: you, I mean, you 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 can't you 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 have become okay. one-dimensional. So, but well, the I right, mean, well, it's just a scenario. They want to get too deep into it. Let's it see what y'all thought about that. Maybe do better with his old coach. But Buck, what I got you, man. Uh, Buck, you got bragging rights this year for the next four <laughs> years, as the oh, Steelers man, showed man, right. they were the better team in, in Pennsylvania. But for 38-29 victory over the Eagles, Steelers moved to 4-0 for the first time in like 40 years, and the Eagles dropped to 1-3-1, so
3: um, but I'll let you go first,
2: I'll let you go first on this, since um, you, you hold the Bragging Rights Trophy right now.
3: Well, I mean, I mean, not taking anything from the Eagles, the Eagles did play our stuff, which I knew, you know, coming in there, I mean, they are division leaders, 1-2-1, <laughs> um, but uh um, one, three, and one now, but anyway, the bottom line of it is, is that I mean they did play well. We knew they were going to come in, there. we did not, you know, we didn't, you know, look overlook them, and um, you know, tell you what, Clay Claypool, I, I knew he was going to be a star in, in camp because that's all they were talking about, all the coaches, even the even the defense was saying Claypool was hard to cover, and I mean you could see. I mean, we can move him all over the field. And he's just, I mean, he's just a bad man. And Big Ben's still being efficient. I mean, this joker's only throwing one interception the whole season. So the defense still needs to tighten up some because we, we let a 74-yard run get by us with piss-poor angles on tackling and things of that nature. But, I mean, we did sack Carter with five times. And um, you know we showed up and in two interceptions. We showed up when it was t- when the time was needed, when that call needed to be made. We did what, what had to be done. So, um, but the offense is definitely clicking. Um, we did get some injuries with Deontay Johnson and things of that nature, but we we still doing it big. So, hopefully, you know we'll see what we do this week. But um, it was a good game.
2: And
0: Eminem, what you got? Um. Uh, Player of the week or whatever is definitely Travis Fulgham. I mean, he played with nothing but heart. Uh, he came to show up. He showed up. and did too. I just hate we give him the ball. But um, so I'm definitely you know satisfied and impressed with that. Uh, I ain't gonna say most disappointed, but just to break the monotony of saying the same player all the time and disappointment, I'm gonna throw the coaching staff. I'm gonna say Doug Peterson, man. Uh, That long-ass field goal now, like I said, it ain't like Jake Elliott couldn't make it, maybe. But, you know, at the point in the game and turn around and giving a turnover, basically free Steelers team, a short damn field, I didn't understand that because that really kind of sealed the game right there. Uh, Now, I think the referee did us wrong with that. that, uh, I thought that was a... uh, a, uh, a catch fumble, but they they say it wasn't. But I I, I looked at it several times. I mean,
3: you know yeah, they They
2: also
0: said yeah, offensive he, he,
2: pass interference, and it wasn't on Claypool.
0: Right. Yeah, there
3: was some bad calls. I thought it was a catch fumble yeah, myself. So, so
0: you know, I mean, he clearly held it, but you know, I'm not making excuses. But uh, and then
2: like I say, that sounds you know, like every an excuse week, him now.
0: Well, nah, because when you look at the when you look at you when you look at that, see that right there changes the game up, you know. But uh, uh, what I wanted to tell Buck earlier, you know, the, the Steelers are are very impressive. But what impressed me the most is that I think you know Roethlisberger is mediocre compared to what his heyday was. But what you can't coach is leadership, and the young players on both sides of the ball, are playing like they're trying to impress some, their favorite uncle at some family reunion picnic football game or something because it's like he has those boys playing really beyond what they should seem like they would be on paper. So that's some shit you can't coach. I mean, that's, that's – uh, when you're talking about guys who want to keep older quarterbacks on the roster, well – that's what you do it for, when you can get that kind of stuff out of him. Now, Phillip Rivers, he always mm-hmm. been just the opposite. He, he, he was all stats and stuff, but he really never could get guys to play, just really play hard for him. But clearly, Ben is not the old Ben, but they doing so well because there's no kind of – it just looked like a team, you know, and you could tell them young cats is playing hard for him, you know. Yeah.
3: That's basically,
0: y'all got damn near the same everything you had last year. But it's a big difference between this quarterback y'all had and Ben, you know. You know, so even though Ben is clearly not
2: himself no more, but that that leadership goes a long way, man. All right. Okay. So, Ray, I think you all probably had the biggest win of the weekend with the Raiders uh, getting on top of the the Chiefs like they did, 40 to 32. You all were pretty much in control of this whole game, man. And even though the final score is just eight points, you all really kind of, like I said, had control.
1: Well, I think they was up on us early, 17-3. But you um, just fought, fought back, and we, we really played a good game. I mean, um, probably the best game I saw us play in probably two or three years. I mean, Henry Rugg showed out, of course. This, this really the the second game he's been healthy this year. Or he had missed two games before that, and um, you know, now Nelson Aguilar played well. Um, Darren Waller played well. I mean, we 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 when we put our offense together, we can uh we can really do some things. We just show what we really can do. Now, do I believe that we we're better than the Chiefs? No, I don't believe we're better than the Chiefs. We just caught them on the right day. And everything was going our way as far as, you know, we was up for that game. And, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, we had Trent Brown uh, finally playing healthy. So we getting our guys healthy and we showed up and we played a real strong game. I mean, they played a strong game as well. They made some mistakes and we capitalized on their mistakes. Mahomes ended up throwing an interception, so we uh, it was just a a real pleasing game to watch. But see, when we was up uh, forty to twenty four, and he came and scored and got a two point conversion, was made thirty two to forty, and we still maybe had I don't know maybe five minutes left or something like that. What worried me was when they cut the game off because they still had time to, you know, stop us. If we don't get the first down, the game is not over. And, you know, with Mahomes on, he can, you know, draw back and throw the ball 80 yards in the air and somebody, like Tyree Hill, somebody run under it. And, you know, we mess around and lose the game. So I just wish I could have saw it all the way to the end before they cut it off. But, um, man, it. You know how it is when you you want your team to win every week. But when you feel like your team, you want to see them play hard and play good, but you know that the opponent they're playing is really better than you, it was a feeling of, man, if we could just make one more play here, one more play there, that we can really uh, do some things. And, man, we was making them plays, and we just – a proud moment for Raider Nation and Vegas and everything else because, man, I was, you know, I was floating after that win, so you know, it was just just, just real good to see. Derek Carr played well except for the interception, and um, I think it's going to give us some confidence going down the stretch that we can play with these big teams, and um, we be making some strides. I mean, we need to get our players healthy, but I really like what we did. All right. And it's funny
2: because you said they cut off the game for you to show yeah. the Cowboys and Giants, right? Yeah. And, well,
1: on, well. Yeah, on my end, this week.
2: well, yeah, I mean, you're in the New Jersey yeah. area, so I get that. Yeah. But I'm going to say on my yeah. end, they let they let the the raiders and chiefs game play out and i
1: missed the beginning of the cowboys game
2: <laughs> so it's like we were both oh, missing yeah. out
1: so. yeah and i don't i don't like that about direct tv or they if any local games if they on cbs or whatever they don't show it on the sunday ticket you got to go to the same ticket and see it if now if anything happens on CBS, you blacked out on the Sunday ticket and you blacked out on or, or they cut the game off on the local channel that they have it on. And I don't like that they should play it on two channels. But um
2: I, I agree you know. with you,
1: man. I don't like that
2: at all. Because I know yeah. um when they um when the Saints well not the Saints when Fox Fox had their fee fight two years ago with DirecTV, and Fox blacked out DirecTV. So everybody in the area, you know, I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, everybody, for the most part, liked the Saints. So everybody that had DirecTV couldn't see the Saints because Fox had it blacked out, but when they went bought the Sunday ticket, they couldn't watch it there either because the Sunday ticket like, well, it should be showing locally. And so I, I think yeah. if you pay for the Sunday ticket, you should get every game there is. I don't care who it is. So. Yeah. I, I got a huge problem with that, man. I hate it when, I mean, I like it when my team's, when I can watch the Sunday ticket because I like getting, uh, using the little interactive fantasy football updates and stuff like that. And I can't get it on CBS and Fox. So I prefer to watch all the games on the Sunday ticket if I can. Yeah. And, all right. So we'll move on to my team, Cowboys 37, Giants 34. Um. As far as who stood out for me, and I, I this was a tough one because I thought that um, Michael Gallup made two huge catches um, down the stretch that, that sealed, sealed the game. But I got to give it to Andy Dalton. Even though he only threw 11 passes, nine of them went for 111 yards, and he didn't throw any touchdowns. But, man, that dude just – just came in and just – I think he took took the, um, the Giants by surprise. I think they thought he was just going to come in and, you know, play like Brad Johnson or something and throw some little six-yard outs. But, man, that dude put that ball downfield. And so um, I was very happy to, to see that and Michael Gallup's play. As far as who disappointed me, well, for the first time, it won't be the coaching staff or the organization or, or anything like that as far as who disappointed me. Um, the person that probably disappointed me the most, I'm going to say, God, I got to go with, with Joe Thomas. I like Joe Thomas. He's a good linebacker and everything, but, man, he just seemed like he made some stupid plays this week. He just seemed like he was out of place. He's He's very aggressive, but people use that aggression against him. And there were a lot of times where he was just – 2 or 3 yards away from where the ball needed where where the ball was because he just runs full speed everywhere he goes. It's almost like taking a taking a a dog off a leash and just watching him take off across the yard. I mean, yeah, if he hits you, it's going he's going he's going to lay the wood, but I I really think that um he he needs to just slow it down a little bit and play a little bit under control. It was nice to see DeMarcus Lawrence actually show up um and hit the quarterback. So, that was that was nice. Everson Griffin didn't have the best game as far as run defense, but uh, he did get half a sack. He was okay with the pass rush. So, if Dallas can continue to keep people in pass rushing situations, they can have a better chance on defense. But they have got to put people in that third and long if they're going to have a chance at all because they rely so much on the pass rush. And as far as the whole Dak situation, I mean, we kind of discussed that and I mean, I hate it for him. He's one of those guys that even people that hate the Cowboys seem to pull for him. Um, and like I said, when he comes back, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't know, you know, how he's going to play. when he, I mean, he's going to play the same way because that's just kind of who he is. So I'm hoping that he learns to maybe go down a little more. Now, the guy that took him down wasn't a big guy. That's why he had to use all his weight to get him down. And so I know he wasn't really intimidated by that guy, but I just want him to do a better job of trying to not take as much punishment as he does around the goal line, around the first down marker. That's fine. But if you run for the first down. Um, don't worry about the mix to two, three yards. Just go ahead and, and go down. Ain't no shame in that. So, all right. And let's see, Chicago beating Tampa Bay kind of surprised me. Um, the, Chicago's defense is, is pretty tough. And um, they did Tampa Bay. Atlanta got rid of their coach and their general manager. And he's probably wondering, like, why me too? But, yeah, they, they got rid of him. And Joe Burrow met the Baltimore defense for the first time, so I don't think he really likes that. And uh, let me ask you this, and this is for whoever wants to answer. What do you do if you're the general manager of the New York Jets? I mean, what do you do with that team?
3: Of all, you get rid of Adam Adam Gates because he's a piece of garbage. I mean, he pretty much you know right before he left Miami they were, you know they were having started a fire sale. You know now that you know obviously when you got you know Pro Bowl players and you're pissing them off and then the next thing you know, you know now you see you know you're having a fire sale in New York. Um, you know it's you know the, he Gates is not going to be there long enough. To actually have anybody buy into his system So I mean Yeah he may have not been using uh, and, and you know bail right But that's not the, You know that's not an excuse I mean this is something that's followed this fool From Miami And I mean he had the hat pulled down All over all his fucking eyebrows and shit And he's trying to talk on the mic And all that other crap He's just not a, he's not a good coach I mean it, it at some point you just have to look at and call you know, you gotta look at the pot and call it black because this fool can't coach. And it's just obvious he can't coach. And obviously he's not a player coach either because every team that got started, Miami was somewhat loaded when he came down there. And I mean he was sending Kenyon, Drake and all these other guys all over the place trading all these other all these for players. And I'm like, this don't make any sense. They need this guy. They need this one, and they're getting rid of folks. And now you're doing the same thing in New York. If they're smart, they'll fire his ass. Just they'll fire his ass right now. Like if they lose next week, his ass is gone. I mean, it's just that simple. So his ass should be getting. hot. His ass should already be hot already.
2: All right. They need to do something because that team is just just can't seem to get it together. They just can't seem to get it together. Mm-hmm.
1: And they, they got two choices now. If they get get either Justin Fields or either Trevor Lawrence, if they decide to keep Sam Darnold, they whoever gets Trevor Lawrence, you're gonna get a haul for him. So a lot of these sorry teams now, if you feel like you got your quarterback and you want to keep your quarterback, now you say, well, okay, Trevor Lawrence, somebody gonna be willing to give up four first round draft picks move down and go get it. So you can really rebuild your team with that. So either they take Trevor Lawrence or they trade away the pick and they get all these draft picks, and you can rebuild your team like that. But the thing about all these draft picks, you only got four years or so to turn your whole team around because when them guys – like Jamal Adams and all these type of guys when they was on the team, suppose they was on the team still. Once they contract is up, he get eighty five, ninety million dollars, and Jalen Rams or somebody get hundred and five million dollars and you gonna be over the cap anyway if all the players pan out the two pig in the first round. So you only got about four years to turn it all around. But what they doing right now, you know, they got guys and stuff on the team, it's not really working out, the team is losing. I would blow the whole thing up and then trying to turn it around through the draft and through free agency. But the way they, the GM is picking players and stuff like that, I mean, shit, we can do a better job than that. You're a professional, and you picking guys and coaches. and I mean, to me, they just, they just managed the whole situation badly. And it's going to be hard to turn it around because – they need to blow it all up and blow it up again and blow it up again and just start all over from the beginning. I agree. All right,
2: and let's see. So, 49ers looked bad, and they're lost to Miami at home. Minnesota lost again, another close one. The Saints were on, able to pull off an um, overtime victory over the Chargers. Drew Brees kind of got it together late in the game and made things happen. And Tennessee drop kicked the bills in the neck 42 to sixteen in the first Tuesday night NFL game I can remember. Uh, so that's kind of where we are with that. now, looking at next week's games, you know, providing ain't nobody got COVID, um, let's see Buck Cincinnati on the road at Indianapolis, who you like
3: Indianapolis.
2: Okay. Ray Detroit at
1: Jacksonville. Oh, man. I mean, I'm going with Jacksonville. Jacksonville, a, a young team. He's got some good players, but they just got to put it all together. Cause I like Gardner, Michigan. I think he was a, a young, Brent Paul. Okay.
2: Eminem, Atlanta at Minnesota. Atlanta at Minnesota.
0: Did you? Did you hear me? I'm not picking Atlanta to do anything.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm not picking Atlanta to do
0: anything, man. Minnesota.
2: (laughs) All right. Yeah, this game is just what Minnesota needs. And Buck. Chicago at Carolina. Chicago. Ray. Denver at New England. New England. M M, Washington at the Giants. Ooh.
0: That's gonna be a barn burner. Uh, I think that the, the <laughs> nameless team gonna get that one though.
2: Okay. And while I still got you, Baltimore at Philadelphia.
0: Oh man, trap game for Baltimore. I'm taking Philly in this one. You know. First game of the year, <laughs> Winston ain't gonna have no picks.
3: Okay.
2: So. He he must not gonna play. <laughs> Not right. Ray Houston at Tennessee.
1: Tennessee. 550.
0: <laughs> but <Buck, laughs> Cleveland
1: and Baker Mayfield come
2: to Pittsburgh.
0: Pittsburgh.
2: All right. Eminem Jets at Miami.
0: Okay. Clearly, by now, the, the Jets should be looking to get a number one pick somewhere. So I'm going to say Miami.
2: All right. Ray, the Rams at the 49ers, Sunday Night Football.
1: Um, when, the 49ers is banged up. on taking the Rams. Hello.
3: Okay. Hello.
2: Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Green Bay. Okay. And we got two Monday night games. MNM, you got Kansas City at Buffalo.
0: Man, this should be a uh a, a good game, but if Buffalo looks anything like they did Tuesday night, I'm definitely going with Kansas City. Kansas City.
2: All right. And got Arizona at Dallas on Monday night. Man, I don't know what to expect. It's like I expect Dallas to run the ball because they have uh, Satan at quarterback, but I, I, I got to go with Arizona, man, until I can see Dallas do something consistently. I got to roll with Arizona and just pray that Dallas comes correct. Yeah. Be a rifle. So yeah. I hope he can do his thing.
3: Arizona owned that. Let's
2: see. I don't,
0: know but, what, I don't know
3: what it is about Arizona. They always whoop y'all ass anyway. It don't matter what the records are or anything. Arizona, man.
2: Shit. But I tell you this much, though. <laughs> Jerry Jones going to learn his lesson. Now, when Jerry Jones signed Andy Dalton, he did a deal with the devil. That's pretty much what he did, right? And you see what it cost him. It cost him that. And he got <laughs> to learn. <laughs> when you, you make a deal with the devil, you always... You always got to sacrifice something that you love That's how it
4: works and
2: Now the, the devil's star- now the, now the devil <laughs> starting now, now is that coincidence or what? You know I keep trying to tell y'all I man. y'all don't want to believe me Y'all think I'm tripping <laughs>
3: well, That's funny That was right. hilarious but... So let's get
2: into some who am I I got five of them for you And um, Y'all ready to go? Ready to go? Let's do it. I I am a six foot five, two hundred and eighty-nine pound Hall of Fame defensive lineman. Drafted in the first round number four overall in nineteen ninety five out of the College of Pittsburgh by the Minnesota Vikings. Who am
0: I? Randall. John Randall. Nope. John Randall oh. ain't six five. Yeah, you're right. 1990,
1: 1995. 95.
2: 1985.
0: It
2: was. Oh, I so thought you said Chris 95. Dolan. Chris Dolan. Christopher John Dolman. All right, and Buck, you're to have to mute until you speak, man, because it's
1: really loud. the
0: window up or something, bro. It sounds like you said 95, though, at first.
1: <laughs> Maybe yeah, it was yeah, hard, hard to hear. It. It all,
2: all right, next one. Six foot one, two hundred and forty-five pounds, running back slash tight end, drafted number ten overall in nineteen eighty-six out of Ohio State by the Philadelphia Eagles. Who oh, Keith! Byers.
1: Oh man,
2: Keith Allen no. Byers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. all right. One and one. I am a 5'11 and 188-pound wide receiver, Hall of Famer, 73 years old, drafted in the fourth round in 1969 by the Houston Oilers out of Grambling State, but you may remember my days at San Diego with Dan Fouts.
1: Who am I?
0: Oh, Wes Chandler. Wes Chandler.
1: Oh, Wes Chandler. Nope. Charlie Joyner. Charlie Joyner Jr. Man, Two to one, baby.
2: I am a (laughs) 253-pound tight end, 49 years old, three-time Pro Bowler, drafted in the sixth round in 1993 by the Washington Redskins out of Maryland, but you may remember my days playing with McNair at Tennessee.
1: Oh, um... Wychek, I believe it is
2: Frank John Wychek.
1: All right. So Ray
2: has clutched the title once again. I thought he was a quarterback at first. He was a he was an H back. Yeah, I knew it was something before he went
0: to. a So Ray has clinched
2: the title once again this week. But we'll go ahead and throw (laughs) this last last one out to see if Buck can get on the board. Last one: six foot one, two hundred and eighteen pound quarterback. Drafted in 1995 out of Colorado by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second round. Who am I? D- D- Cordell, Stewart.
0: O'Donnell. O'Donnell.
2: Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. There he A.K.A. Slash. All right. Slash. Okay, so Ray still got the belt. All right, so now we're going to move on to a little bit of this or that. Um, let's see, who was missing last week? I can't remember. Me,
0: yeah, I had a uh, right a funeral down to my well. It was a wake service out of town, but I don't have no, I didn't have no service, and I was on the road before the okay. show ended. So, yeah. All oh, right. Can I say sorry right? to hear I about your loss. What's that? Yeah, man. Thank you. My the uh the my surprise player last week with the Eagles was uh Alex Singleton because. He had a, a a pick that he didn't drop, and that's what we needed. Like you know, so I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> All
2: right. Okay. So in this game, this or that, I give you two players, and you gotta decide which one. This is assuming they're in their prime now, that they're completely healthy and in their prime. You gotta decide okay. which one. Which one you would start a franchise with? All right. So. I'm gonna start with um I'll start with Eminem first since he didn't play last week. Michael wide receiver, Michael Thomas or Mike Evans?
0: Oh, Michael Thomas.
1: Ray? Oh yeah. yeah that's easy. Mike Thomas. But
3: Michael Thomas. Alright.
2: Alright, start with you on this one, Ray. Travis Kelsey or George Kittle?
1: Oh, George Kittle for me. I think George Bup. Kittle is the best tight end in the league. I got
2: to All right, he said Travis Kelsey. Eminem, who you got? Make the, Break the tie. Uh, K- Kittle the,
0: Kittle's the best athlete. Travis Kelsey, the best player. i go with Kelsey.
2: All right. All right, Buck, this one is for you. Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack?
4: Go, man. I got to go, Aaron Donald. <laughs> okay.
3: Eminem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man, that's a tough one. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, could, could you pull this stat up right quick? Which one got the most, like, run stops?
2: Oh, I don't know about run stops. <laughs> okay. Because
0: I, I know Aaron, Aaron Donald. One. I know he's in the lead with sacks. I'm sure. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Aaron with Aaron Donald. Man. Man. That's, it's, it's hard to... I, I, I really like Khalil Mack, but man, that's a... Aaron, just, he's just getting too good.
1: All right, and Ray, I know where he's going. Yeah. No, I love Khalil Mack but Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the league. I mean, when you look at the defensive player years and all that, you can't deny it. If Khalil Mack comes in the second or third, mm-hmm. that's not a, a disservice to him. It's just Aaron Dow is the greatest defensive player to ever play across the front line anyway, or a linebacker or whatever you want to call it, where he lines up the best way to meet. Okay. All right.
2: And, Ray, I mean, Eminem, I'll start with you on this one. Steve McNair or Michael Vick?
0: Wow, in they prime, which, 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 which mindset, Vic? The Eagles mindset. I mean, in his, prime. He, that was his prime in
2: his in prime. The one that in his prime. Whichever one you think is best.
0: God damn. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, uh, you know, so for me. Vic, Vic, man, Vic is just he. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm looking at it in a perfect, perfect situation without you know all the other shit. So uh, head to head, I got to go with Vic.
1: Right. I gotta go with Steve McNair. Steve McNair didn't have the weapons, but neither did Vic. Didn't have a lot either. But McNair took the team to the Super Bowl. Is uh, Dyson had ran the correct route. They would have been champions. If the franchise had took Randy Malls instead of Dyson, they would have been champions several times over. League MVP with the great Peyton Manning, I have to go with Steve McNair. Right
3: Buck,
2: who you got? Break the tie.
3: Uh, I got to go with McNair. I got to go with a man that played with heart, that played with that play with injury, that played with heart and desire. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you you got, you know, Vic could throw the, throw the ball from one end zone to end zone like Super techno Bowl, but when it comes down to,
4: he you know, getting so down to the trenches,
3: and I mean, he can just, <laughs> Aaron McNair had it, man. I got to go with Aaron McNair.
2: Alright. So let me go back to Eminem for this one, because Eminem and I both have a fascination with big running backs. Alright, Eminem, last one. You ready?
0: Chris McCary, that's what I'm going with.
2: Nope. John oh, that's Riggins. What I to okay. Larry... okay. John Riggins or Larry Zonka. Ooh. Oh, oh
0: man, that's oh, tough. Oh. Ooh, that's tough. But you know what? Seeing that cut on Larry Zonka's nose, man, that's I gotta go. That I gotta go with him. All
1: right, Ray, who you want? I'm going with John Riggins, man. When I was playing lot of football, I was always John Riggins, so <laughs> I'm going with John Riggins, man. I just I just over John
4: Riggins. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, Buck right the Break
3: the tie, Buck. John Riggins. John Riggins, man. John, John Riggins, man, because this dude, I mean, when he hit people, man, it was, I mean, he just looked like he, they just went flat. So, uh, I I got to go with Riggins, man. And, uh,
0: hey, th- All th- right. Don't sleep on Zonka making people go cold now, because that, that sounds no. like a tank. But, but Riggins, Riggins was a, a much better, you know, all-around runner, though.
2: And see what I try to do, I try to find people from the same era, so it makes it easier to I compare. Like that. Right, than, I like Rather, yeah, rather than hit you with somebody from like 2010 against somebody from 2060.
3: So I right, try to keep right. it
2: consistent. So I got a bunch of more of these, man. Um, I, so what, 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 so what yeah, made you we, come we, over there, man? I, we, I, love we, that
0: we,
1: I love
2: that concept. I love that concept. I was I yeah, was told them be last sure week, we, man.
1: You sure to um, for that, man?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say my my lady came up with it. Uh, she just just came up. She was asking me who would I like in their prom, and we just started talking. And then I started writing down some some names. So when she threw me the questions, I write them down before I answered them. And I said, you know, I'm gonna do this on the show.
0: And, 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 and man, I got like, And then bringing that right behind the who am I, man? That's that's perfect. That's a perfect compliment. Yeah. yeah. That's
2: right. So that's and what, I just that's man, what I, I like it, man. Cool. Matter of fact, let's. Look. Let's do a couple more, man. I, I'm still hyped. Let's do a couple more. All right, let's do
4: All right,
2: it. Buck. Here we go, Buck. Wes Welker or Julian Edelman? Ooh,
3: I got to go with uh, Julian Edelman, man. I mean, I like Wes Welker, but I think is better, man. I mean, that dude, there—he he got some competitive catches that's just amazing. So, Edelman.
1: Ray, who you got? Oh, man, I think Wes Welker is a better player, but Julian Edelman has won the Super Bowl and come up in the big moment, so I'm going to have to take Julian Edelman. M&L? All
0: uh, man, y'all know me. Outside of running backs, the next thing I like after that is special teams. Wes Welker, yeah, you know, that's that's what he was doing in Miami before he came to uh, New England. So I, I'm going with Wes, even though Edelman got the better hands, but – a dual threat is always good.
2: Alright. Alright. So let's see, where I wanna go? What I wanna right, Ray, I'm gonna hit you with this one, Ray. Orlando uh-huh. Pace or Willie Rofe.
4: Ooh.
1: That's that's tough, but I'm going with uh Orlando Pace. I think Orlando Pace uh-huh. is uh, one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play the game, especially during his era.
2: Eminem, Orlando
0: Pace, or Willie Rolfe? Oh, man, two excellent players. Uh, I remember uh, Willie Roth with the Chiefs, and then I remember when he left and uh, came and played in New Orleans. And with it being a regional game, I got to see a lot of uh, him play a lot more. So just because of that and that only, I'm going to say Willie Roth. i start with him.
2: All right, but break the tie. Orlando Pace or Willie Roth?
3: I, I watch both of these guys. These are two guys that are, you know, both Hall of Famers, you know, I, and I like both of them when it comes to the position that he played. But I got to go with Willie Roth. I think he was just all around just much better. All right. well, Willie, Willie Roth, Rofe.
2: first ballot Hall of Famers? Um, I don't know. I would hope so. I don't remember.
0: I, I I can't remember. I think he
2: was. If he is, All he right, so be. Buck. Buck, I'm gonna start with you on this last one. So are you ready?
3: I'm ready. Let's do it. All
2: right, Buck. Dwight Franey or Richard Seymour?
3: Richard Seymour.
2: Right? Dwight Franey or Richard Seymour?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with the White Freeney. He lasted longer and he was just running a full three come around the edge, he' that's what we're playing. I'm gonna say Freeney. All right, Eminem break the tie.
0: Oh man, the White Frenzy. that move he had not only the speed, but he had such a low center of gravity and maintaining balance. That's something that's very hard to do and that made him that made his it even harder for him to get blocked. So, yeah, man, that's the White friend is one of the most underrated edge players that ever, in my opinion, of the of the of the real good
2: players. Okay, all right. So that's gonna do it for this week's this or that. I got quite a few more for you all next week, so just be ready for another five next week. And real quick before we get cut off here, I want to jump into um, the fight this weekend. ESPN, uh Lomanchenko versus Teofimo Lopez, and I've seen about four or five of Lopez's fights dude is explosive. Okay, he's explosive. Very, and uh very explosive. He has about three yeah. inches of reach. He's he's younger and
1: he's hungry.
2: And anybody see yeah. uh Lomanchenko retaining his belt or you think it's gonna be a upset?
1: I think he's gonna get his ass whoops out of it. I see Lomachenko is got all that skill moving his street and hands and all that, which he's a good fighter. But the people he whoop are generally smaller than he is. You know, he's fighting down at 125 and fighting at 130. Next thing you know, he at 135. So he's the bigger guy all the time. But this weekend, he's meeting his match. And I like a guy who can punch. And low pass can punch. He ain't scared of Lomachenko. I think he's going to rumble with him. And if he catch him, he's going to catch him. I'm taking Lopez all the right.
2: way. I think Lopez is going to get him, too. I think, um, I mean, I'm hoping that it's going to be a good fight. But like like Ray said, uh, Lopez has a little thump to him. And um, I don't think that Lomachenko is going to be able to bully him and hurt him like he can other people. And uh, – and then it's at three inches of reach. He has 12 knockouts and 15 fights. And I, I just think this is going to – I'm excited about this fight. I'm more excited about the fact that it's on ESPN and,
3: and not ESPN. Three,
2: right. <laughs> plus ESPN, you know, so, yeah. It's on and the then, regular uh, ESPN. The, or... Okay. Right. And you got Alex Salcedo on the undercard. So um, he's a good fighter, too. You got two guys with uh, – first names start with a Q fighting each other, a Quintavious Cash and Quincy Lavalos, so um, it's always exciting to see two Qs go at it. That never happens, but um, I'm excited about this weekend, man. I already got it planned out. I told everybody that um, this is what I'm doing this weekend, so catch that fight. And Real quick, anybody got any thoughts on the NBA Finals and how they turned out? Um, I think the Lakers missed a good opportunity on Friday night, but I mean, they destroyed them on on Sunday. Miami was just out of gas, man. Poor Jimmy Butler just wore himself out, and I applaud that dude how he played. But anything on the NBA Finals for wrap this up? Well, well, I mean, I mean, I know
3: everybody everybody gonna say that you know they're gonna start this LeBron James Jordan talk again, but I mean they don't need to start that shit up. So I mean, if they're if if Miami wouldn't have worn themselves out, they would have easily won this, won this without without question. So, I mean, LeBron James, he can continue to pat his little fucking stats and all this other bullshit. But he still ain't shit. So, <laughs> you know, they <laughs> the say, you know, you know, they go, you know, yeah, he got four, he got four, four rings. I don't give a damn. If he got ten. He still sucks. Cause Jordan won it five, five times and never lost. So you've been there ten times and only one in four.
1: Six so times. to keep
3: your mouth shut. Six times. No. So
1: we're, we're you, know, right? at, you
3: know you're you the one in four times, long six times, and so you ain't shit. So keep adding your stats, getting you getting your double, triple doubles and everything, but walking off, walking off when you're losing. I mean that's the image that stuck stuck in my head. So now all of a sudden you went you know the other players actually step up and win and you you looked up and you got your championship in a Laker uniform. So where you gonna go next year? Get the fuck out of the Laker uniform, because you still ain't gonna be shit. You're not gonna be one of the greatest Lakers of all time, or any of that other shit. And I don't know what the hell D.L. Hughley was talking about. I understand he was saying that you could take 15 of, of the greatest Laker players and put up against anybody, and you could probably win an NBA title. I understand that. But LeBron James has only been there two years. He's not one of the greatest Lakers of all time. Okay, so you can't put him in that category. So, no. congratulations to my Lakers, but fuck LeBron James.
1: And that's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's unfortunate because a lot of players didn't get to play. This is kind of like in the strike season. A lot of players had a lot of odds against them. And, you know, LeBron then was working with the league to get the league going when everybody wasn't sure that the league was going to even continue. The difference is LeBron is probably a top five player all time. You can't deny that. But at the same time, he has made his own teams. Had You just think about it. If Michael Jordan had finished playing with the Bulls and decided to go to the Lakers, you tell me what year they would have lost or he would have picked up and he would have said, okay, well, I'm not going to retire. You mean tell me Houston Rockets going to beat the Chicago Bulls what year? So there's a lot of things that come into play. Yeah, he won four rings, but you recruiting guys to come play with you. So now that's a conflict of interest with being a GM and being a player. And to me, you can't do that. Once you start doing that, Michael Jordan could easily say, Barkley, y'all want a ring, and Patrick Ewing, Y'all come play with me. You tell me what year they would have lost. And each time he's done it, people will say, well, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. But he went to Miami with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. He left them guys, and he felt like they were no longer good enough. Then you went back to Cleveland. You had Kevin Love, and you had Kyrie Irving. And then you won again. Now you're out here with Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Rondo. All those guys are going to end up in the Hall of Fame some days. And then now they say, "Oh well, you did this." Where well, you put your own team together, and when you do that, to me, you always got to put an asterisk behind what anybody does. See, everybody criticized Kevin Durant for what he did, but he got that shit from LeBron James, and I just, I just don't like it. All
2: right, and uh, I'm just. Uh... I don't know. I, this is the most, most basketball I've watched in a while. Uh, um, I hope to start start until, like, Christmas. And um, I don't want them to start back any sooner than that. If they want to wait till January. I'm cool with that, too. But um, it was kind of cool just having, you know, having... I don't like it going up against the NFL, though. That's the thing. I mean, anytime you got a finals going up against Sunday Night Football, that, that's never any good. Don't nobody need that. So Alright fellas, so we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. I appreciate appreciate you all hanging out. And um you know what? Let's do let's do one more of this or that. I just really like it. Let's do one <laughs> more. All right. Y'all good with that? Yeah, Alright. Cool. We'll uh, <laughs> right. Um I'm gonna start with Ray on this. Amari
1: Cooper yeah. or Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen. He now healthy. He's a healthy, the top five receiver. All right, Buck. Who do you think, Amari
2: Cooper or Kenan Allen?
3: Kenan Allen, because Amari uh, Cooper ain't never been consistent. Kenan Allen.
2: All right, Eminem?
0: Yeah, this 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 gonna be a, a a flush. Kenan Allen, better hands.
2: All right, Kenan Allen with the sweep. And all right, I lied. One more. But <laughs> going. Buck, A.J. Green or T.Y. Hilton? Battle of the initials.
3: Ooh, ooh, wee Boy, that's tough. Wow. I got to go, A.J. Green. Uh, I, I love T.Y. Hilton, but I I got to go A.J. Green because that that man is a monster. And when he, owns, I mean, he, he's consistent. Um, you know, he's, he's in the shadow of his former self now, but he's still good. So, A.J. Green.
2: Right. Eminem?
3: Oh, man,
0: you know I'm an A.J. Green fan. A.J. Green, bro.
1: Okay. And, Ray? A.J. Green with him and Julio Jones was together, and he was healthy probably about six, first six, seven years of his career. The numbers was almost identical. A.J. Green got hurt, then everything changed. So A.J. Green is definitely a better student than QI All right.
2: All right. Well, that's going to do it, fellas. Appreciate you all hanging out i with this Very Unsportsmanlike podcast. If you want to check out the podcast, you can find me on Apple, Spotify, Google, pretty much anywhere you have podcasts. Go to the website at anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards, because that's what you get from Very Unsportsmanlike conduct. And check things out there. So, fellas, we'll do this again next week around the same time. And uh, like I said, I'll, I'll holler at you all. Um, probably on Saturday night with this fight going on. I'll be texting. All right. All right. All right. Everyone, peace out.